ocean in the sky, the rat, this was a dirty old legs and if not, it was a vessel in the gallery, was it not? I got down, what drives the snipers and left me sitting in a stroke, some was sloping at the notion of the shirks and over here. Go ahead, make my day. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Hey, Stella! I drink your milkshake! Drink it up! Okay, so we're back again, and this week's episode is Under the Silver Lake. Cole, before we get started, I had already watched this, and we kind of like came about it last week when we were, or last time we were talking, when we did an adaptation. But, um, yeah, what were your, uh, this is a wild movie. Very strange. I, we had talked about it, and I think you kind of gave me like a little brief rundown of the film. And I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know when it took place or anything before watching it. Yeah. And so I just got straight into it. And right away I was like, oh, this is this is different. Well, that's a good. OK, so that's a good thing that you say about like um, when it happens, um, because it's got kind of one of those feelings of like a David Lynch style thing where it takes place in whenever. For sure. I mean, throughout the whole movie, you're watching him reference things from the 80s and then things from like the 50s and 40s. And he's using an iPhone 4 from like 2010. Is he? I don't rem- I didn't remember that. So it's an iPhone 4 yeah, that he's using? Because I was, I really wasn't sure when, when I was watching it when it took place. But then I was able to at least date it somewhat from the phone. Okay. Yeah. We, yeah. Oh my God. I don't, yeah. It's like, it's okay. It's such a big, okay. All right. Now we've, <laughs> we're biting off more than we can chew again. You know what? I think a good way to get into this is let's kind of, um, let me see. Hold on one second. Obviously, because we decided to do um, Under the Silver Lake, you're definitely everybody's going to get a sense of like what I'm into when it comes to this kind of stuff. Right. All right. So, yeah, like the the genre of this. So I like conspiracy stuff and um, cult and paranormal stuff like in movies. I, I just find that kind of stuff fascinating. And this you were saying, what was the genre of this? Yeah, I had looked it up and seen that it was neo-noir. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm super into this kind of stuff, too, just because I like solving problems. Yeah. I like solving puzzles. And that's I mean, this movie specifically is just him solving puzzles the whole time. So, well, that's the other thing about this movie. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> OK, first off, let's just say like the cinematography, the lenses, the camera angles, everything is just it's beautiful. It looks great. Oh, yeah. From the start. Funny enough, like this isn't necessarily a, like a pro or con. Uh, it's not good or negative, but at the very beginning of the movie, I was like, man, they're really going for this like teal orange. Uh, um, what is it like? Like color grade. And I started counting how many shots were really like embellished with things that were teal or orange or a combination of the two. And for the first half and I stopped paying attention uh, in like the latter half of the film. But every single shot just about had something that was really kind of leaning in that direction. Mm-hmm. And it was it was honestly pretty cool. And it was something that I was just like, I was like, I got to keep writing this down. How many things there are. I really wanted to do like more of that, like with this movie, but like I, where I'd watched it and then like we, you know, had delayed because we were so busy to recording it. I didn't really have time to jump in and watch it. And then like this afternoon, I like jumped online and started skimming through it again. And just like the colors, the use of the reds and all the different tones and everything like it's so, everything in this movie is so intentional that it almost like one of the criticisms I was like seeing was that it's like too ambitious. 
for what it said. I had seen that as well. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I appreciate all the stuff that's in the movie. Yeah. I think from like an entertainment standpoint, like I think it's a really cool movie. I don't know that I would watch it again for entertainment value. However, I think there are so many details that I might have missed that will be really interesting to look for the second time through. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I was, uh, yeah, I was reading an article that mentioned that there are all sorts of like ciphers and codes and other things just embedded in the movie itself. And I can't wait to watch it again and try to kind of play, like play in that. I know somebody has figured it out, but okay, we've just, we've got the Jumbotron. We've, uh, we're airplaying my computer to the TV and I'm showing Cole right now, the Reddit, there's a Reddit that's devoted. I'm not surprised. To this I mean, I, this stuff is, there's the, the opening, like the guy with the t-shirt that's got the different animals in the circles. He's in the coffee shop when it pulls back and it pans towards Sam's character, the character of Sam, there's a guy that's standing there and he's wearing like a green shirt with all these animals on it. He shows up again on the rooftop bar. He's wearing it, but apparently each it's animal. Each animal um, is the cipher. It's like the it's like the 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 letter that that starts the name of the the animal is yeah. like a cipher. That's cool. I mean, it that's insane. <laughs> yeah, I just like I said, I feel like there's so much stuff that is like worth digging into in this, and there's, it's amazing that this exists. This, this whole subreddit. There, it's at this movie, like it kept getting delayed. Like I think it was like like. It had, I don't know if it was well-received at Cannes, I can't remember, but, like, it's one of those movies, like, we've talked about the past few times, people love it or they hate it. It's, like, one of those movies. We keep, I feel like, except for, like, an adaptation, I feel like most people did like that who saw that, but, like, I feel like I keep picking movies that people either, like, love yeah, or hate. Yeah, they're polarizing. Yeah, but, I mean, that's, I think that's a good thing. I mean, I don't like lukewarm. No, for sure. Kind of. And I think, like, I mean, I had read as well that this one has, like, a cult following now. Clearly, oh, the, yeah. the subreddit exists. Um, but it's interesting that I think Seven, like, initially wasn't super well received. This mm -hmm. hasn't been very well received from the get-go. And then it's, like, years later. I mean, it's only been four years since this came out. But th the following has grown for sure. But it's one of those things, like, I don't even know if it actually came out. It didn't come out straight. I don't think it came out until, like... And maybe it did come out before the pandemic, but I feel like it didn't come out digitally. Yeah, it may have been just like a it's very small release. It kept, it kept getting delayed, okay. I think, was one of the things that I had read. And um, yeah, I just like I kept seeing that A24, they'd have like a like a trailer for it. And it was like delayed and it was like and it. But it, of course, it was never going to be something that was going to like hit every. No, like, you know, this is a very like niche type of film. For right. Sure. But I love these kinds of movies. This is just like straight up my alley. Like I love, like I was telling you before we started recording, I love L.A. And like this movie shows the good and the bad parts, the positives and the negatives. Like yeah. the character, like <laughs> the characters that are in the film that are like these. Are they pretty reminiscent of they, people you met? The funny thing is it's like they're caricatures, but they're very similar a lot of ways. Like a lot of these people are very. I, and, and the funny thing is, like, all the little jokes, like, that are in there with the, um, well, I was just thinking about, like, at the beginning, even, like, with that, the woman that's across, that lives across from him, the topless woman. Yeah. She, he's watching her with binoculars, and, like, then the girl comes in, the um, Sarah, and he's his attention's drawn to her, but, like, it's, I don't remember, I don't think they ever do address this in the film, but I kind of come to like i i have this like feeling that the woman that's topless is like this aging actress oh i'm sure i mean it has to be right. it just has that kind of feel yeah i'm sure there's even more to dig in like or dig into with her 
Well, the parrot. Did you did you figure out? I didn't even know. I, I, I didn't get enough time, but I won desperately to know what the hell it was saying. Uh, yeah, I know. And then when his his girlfriend or his friend with benefits comes over and they're trying to hear. Yeah. What, yeah. What did she say? Like, I'm not your friend or not your friend or something. I think. Right. And then it's like, is that just applicable to her? Because that was their the nature of their relationship. Right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I don't like I was like looking for answers every which way. And uh, like just while I was watching the movie and there are so many things that I think are left unanswered intentionally. Well, what I really liked about it was that the director doesn't even try to like tiptoe around the fact that he is taking stuff from rear window. I was There's a say, poster in the house or in his apartment, in Sam's apartment. He doesn't care. He's like, yeah, I'm copying this. I didn't notice that, but I I have it in my notes. Like right off the top, I was like, this has this is very reminiscent of Rear Window. And it takes a huge turn. Yeah. But right away, it felt that way. It's weird how like it has all this like because there's a lot of like awesome stuff, but there's a lot of gross stuff. Oh, it's sure. bizarrely gross. Like this when the skunk sprays him. Yeah. He's immediately vomiting. I right. Mean, like maybe two minutes into the film, it might even be less than that. There's that squirrel that is just oh. like disemboweled on on the sidewalk, <laughs> and it's like a puppet or something. It's twitching around. It, it falls in front of him. Is that what it? And it's just like. <laughs> and I was like, Cole's gonna be like, why the fuck do you keep having me watch? I had two thoughts when I re- was rewatching it today. I was like, Cole's gonna say, why are you making me watch movies where animals are dying in the beginning, and why the main character is constantly masturbating? Yeah, there are some odd parallels there for sure. <laughs> Okay, I got some things to think about. I think it's because maybe something subconsciously was in my mind when we were talking about adaptation, and that's why I brought it up. Like, what's another cool movie where someone's just jerking it? Just uh, constantly. (laughs) God. I was like, damn, man. Like, clearly, they're like, yeah, two guys made this podcast. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Um, But, oh, God. And then, like, some of the shit, like, with where he punches the kids in the face when they do that to his car. I, I was shocked when I first watched it. I couldn't believe that they did that. He just walks up, slams that kid in the face. Like <laughs> I wrote this down in my notes too, and I felt weird about it, but I like, I get it. Like, I think like, I don't know that I ever would have punched children <laughs> for vandalism, but God damn it. Would I have wanted to? Okay. okay just I'm not a, really, I've, <laughs> I've not been in a fight or hit anyone pretty much ever. So never been in a fight. How much can you know about yourself? If you've never been in a fight. I mean, I, I can know that I want we to start hit. a fight club right now. Let's go. Dude. Okay, let's do it. All right, let's take an intermission. <laughs> right, I'm back. I got a black eye. Uh, I didn't hit Christian once. I don't want to die without any scars. You can. I'll let you get one in next time. I'll bring a knife. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like he makes that kid like he like shoves an egg in his mouth too. I think. Oh yeah. It's like a. Bu- oh my god. And then. Um, Another gross out thing. I'm like, I don't need this shot. I don't know why they give us a shot of this. The which the guy, the Jesus and the Brides of Dracula. We he's clearly like a reference to him. The the band. You know who I'm talking You're about? Talking about? The band him. Yeah, that's I, clear. Like I feel like that's supposed to be interesting. I don't know much about him. I don't know much. I mean, I like some of the music, but like I, I I'm like it's got to be him. Is is it uh, is him like a man and three women? Or something similar? No, but I think like just the way that the man's dressed and the way he's acting and the music, and then he's got like a European accent when he's getting beat up. Yeah, no, but I'm sense. just like, why do we have to see a shot of the toilet? That, but there's probably something exactly. you're gonna. Exactly. Okay, what yeah. is it? So I don't know exactly because I just did not have enough time between watching it and uh, and getting here. But somebody was saying that there are like clues and like things everywhere, and mentioned that there is something in the toilet, and I didn't get to look into it. But I'm very curious. There has to be. Why would you have a shot of that? 
Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think that anything in the movie was coincidental or non-intentional. No, or unintentional. No, I can't. Yeah, it ha- it has to all be like even like um, when he wakes up after the dog murderer, which I guess the whole like I guess the whole cipher thing is that there's like a dog killer right out, and I think that that is like helping you find out who the killer is. I think that's like the whole point of like these ciphers and things in the movie. Oh, I think. Oh, I think it's gotta be. Because that question is never answered, and it's the it's like it was the burning question from the start, and then they get really they kind of uh, move away from that right. like halfway through the movie, but yeah. it's left unanswered. And they get into the weird like cult stuff of like, which I mean, they do wrap that part of the story up. You find out what's going on, right? It does give you that. It just takes a total like left turn and yeah. goes down a different route, and it's just like of all the questions that he's like begging for answers for, that one is huge at the top, and then is left un- unsaid. Well, it's like I love like. Um, Oh my God, there's just like, so we're all over the place, but you know, that's just the nature of the show. But it's, um, there's just so many like things that are like hidden throughout the movie. Like, um, even the weird stuff with like the Morley cigarettes, which are what he's smoking, which I like went into a deep dive and like those first showed up in like the Dick Van Dyke show. And then they were on the twilight zone and the William Shatner terror at 20,000 feet. Yeah. And they were on the X-Files big time. Like that's where they were prominently like shown. Hmm. And so it's like that whole other thing of like conspiracy theories and right. it just plays into all these things in a way that's just like, I mean, it, it, it is, it's a movie that was made for people who grew up with the X-Files, I feel like. Oh, for sure. Because it's got all that stuff in it. The whole like old like movies and like the VHS, because his mom records the old silent movie off TV from a VHS tape mm-hmm. and or puts it on a VHS tape and sends it to him. Yeah. And it's like there's all there are all these references to old Hollywood, like from the start of the film. I mean, like we said, it it feels a lot like Rear Window. And then there are all these references to that actress whose name I'm forgetting right now, despite the fact that she's like a pretty like central part of like the puzzle. The actress who's in the movie that the mom sends him. Oh, it's the grave that he wakes up out. Oh, yeah, yeah. The silent movie actress. Oh, my gosh. What is. Oh, yeah. I forget what her name is. But but like the score whenever he's uh, first interacting with his like cute neighbor that he's into. It's like very reminiscent of something from like like Casablanca. Like Mm. it it just has this old Hollywood vibe. Oh, it's definitely like Bernard Herrmann. Like it's that Hitchcock rear window. Psycho vertigo. It's got all of those those feels. I think the, the score is awesome. It just adds to it. Like when he's driving around L.A. following the three girls. Mm-hmm. And that feels like Psycho. Absolutely. And that's just old movies in general just felt like that. But the super wide angle lenses and um, just all that and the music. It's just it's perfect. But um, I, yeah, I mean, it makes I mean, the cinematography, I it just again, is just like some of the best. I mean, it just is beautiful every time. Like when he's in the bookshop. Oh, that sweeping shot oh, where man. it goes like past the bookshelves and like does the zoom at the party. Uh, it's the one where they go like, into the cellar afterwards. But there's like this like another sweeping shot that zooms in really close and then stabilizes on the singer there. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, they have a lot of just really cool shots in that film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like well, they never <laughs> I don't think they ever talk about like who the pirate guy which is just another thing, but I think I think they do. Is he not the guy that's in the tent at the end that is ascending? Is he? I don't know for sure. No, because that guy's older. That's with the three girls in the tent. Yeah, that gets him on the, which is another weird out of place thing. Like at the end of the movie, you've got this whole port, this whole part with like the when he's on that little video box thing. Yeah, which, which is, is so cool, but so just 
yeah, they reference they call it a video call or not video call like a maybe that's what it was. I don't know, but it was it all felt very old timey and like nineteen fifties futuristic. Yeah. Which is just awesome. Yeah. All that stuff is just so great. I love all that kind of stuff. Like anytime that's in a movie, I just I'm just all about it. It's just such a weird, like it's one of those movies that I feel like was made for MTV generation, but maybe MTV generation wouldn't understand it. So it's like this weird in between where it's right. like, I get it. Cause I love like all that kind of stuff, but that's just a, like we just said, it's a very like niche kind of yeah, I thing. Mean, it's if I didn't have this like whole thing recently where I've been watching like 1940s, 50s, like films, I'm not sure that it would have kind of hit the same way that it did. And I'm just fortunate to have like have watched those not only just at all, but recently. And so those are like all sorts of references and things that I think would be lost on a younger generation. But I I, but I also don't know that this film would necessarily appeal to an older generation. Well, that's what I was thinking. Somebody like my mom who loves old movies, this would not be her movie. You're telling me she doesn't want to see a squirrel get like that's gutted and then a dog get ripped in half or a man get ripped in half and like all this stuff? Probably not. No, eh, okay. no I don't think I don't think and I don't think that she'd be. Yeah, there's just a lots of stuff that I think she would be shocked and just <laughs> not into seeing. All of the, like, urban legend stuff that's in this movie that's like, I don't know if there's any frame of reference, if there's anything of historical, like, significance here in, in L.A. with this. And I know there are myths and things, but the owl's kiss. Yeah, I want more answers on that. Which is cool because it is... He finds it because the, the comic book artist that he goes to when he goes into his house, he, you know, after he's murdered. Yeah. He sees the tape. But what's so what's also bizarre about all that stuff. Yeah. He gets like clear proof that that's real. Right. But then again, like I'm watching the movie like and for a while I'm thinking, is this is he just insane? Is this like a more along the lines of a psychological thriller or like are we following in um, like an unstable protagonist. There's a Unre unreliable, unreliable. unreliable narrator. Yeah. I felt that too. But by the end of it, I'm not so sure. Like, I mean, obviously he's having some like very strange dreams and things, but mm -hmm. it feels like he got to a very real place by the end of that movie. Well, the other thing is I wonder, like, I just, I was happening to think about like the movie and like, it de you definitely know that the person's like, just in like, you, you can be into and enjoy this is kind of how I am. I enjoy conspiracy theories. I think they're fun. And I think like urban legends and myths are fun. Do I believe them? No. Right. But you don't have to like to enjoy referencing them. They make for great stories. Oh, yeah. They make for great things that you can put in movies and things like that. But like all the Marilyn Monroe stuff, like how he has um, the Sarah character when she's at the pool. That's Marilyn Monroe's last movie that was never finished. Interesting. And then, I mean, she's got those dolls in her house. And one From of them is, How to Marry a Millionaire. Yeah. And yeah. one of them is Marilyn, like the dolls. And then there's a thing underneath it. And like, is that... Okay, so I guess the question that that poses then is the the odd text that's beneath it, is that just to help you with later ciphers? Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Betty, Marilyn, and Lauren. And it's just... Yeah. And then they're left in that shoebox when they move out in the middle of the night, which that's mm -hmm. a really funny scene with the landlord. When he's like, do you think that she just didn't want to date yeah. a homeless guy? <laughs> very, uh, <laughs> honestly, like, very real answer. Right. Like, I don't know what he was expecting that guy to tell him. Yeah. It's just, you know, I think it's, I think it's like a fun thing. Because at the end, it's like, you know, obviously that she's like in this like weird like cult, which everybody. And I think the thing is that the director's like 
like playing on like those ideas that everybody has about secret societies in Hollywood. And I think they're, you know, I've, I've, li- I've read stories about some of the weird stuff that went on in Hollywood in the forties and thirties. And I'm sure there were like guys are weird. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> guys are weird. They love to have their little secret groups. If they're right. doing anything legit, who knows? But yeah, guys who have power definitely like to do weird shit when they oh, yeah. have it. We uh, know that. Yeah, that is. We know that there's been weird stuff that's gone on in L.A., but I think it's like to take it to another level like they do with this. Right. It's, you know. Yeah. I mean, the whole ascension thing. And yeah. Like basically following in the paths of Egyptian gods and shit. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit. Um, well, that's I and mean, I think that goes back because there were people who were really into like cult stuff like that in the 30s there was oh, like yeah. like the actress that was in the boris karloff mummy movie she was really into the occult and all things like that and so there was always this because i was reading recently about like how we are as a people like the closer and the more that we study science and the more that we under, have an understanding of the universe and like just things that were mysterious to us mm-hmm. we're always gonna look for something that's that's not. That's it's not that, some kind of mystery because we love special that. or big or something that's, yeah, not something that we can comprehend necessarily. Right. It's like we don't want to like just, oh, we have an answer for everything. Once we have an answer for this, then that's why people constantly get into these things because the unknown is, it's entertaining and it's fun. I think searching for an answer is sometimes more interesting than having it. Oh, yeah. And I think that's honestly the point in this movie is that he spends all this time trying to solve this like riddle. Essentially, he gets the answer and the answer is like this girl's not coming back. And then he's exactly where he started, except he's avoided his one real problem that he had in the movie, which is paying his rent. Right. And now because he didn't actually deal with that issue, like he's shit out of luck. Yeah. He has to now figure out how to actually like fix his life. And none of the things that he had found over the last five days of the movie, six days Mm -hmm. are going to help him. Yeah. Well, that's another thing we do because we talked about this. We've talked about this before about how long of a span of time do the movies take? Yeah. Which I always like to think about when I watch a movie. This one is very clear because it's five days and they come to evict him. Yeah. And then they give him an extra day. So it brings it to six. Six. Yeah. Um, well, maybe he'll just move in with the topless parrot lady. Might work for a little while. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe for a little bit. <laughs> I was thinking that like, yeah, at one point in the film, he gets led to that bunker through solving things. And it's also like, what's the point in that being this like decipherable thing? If I like, I don't know, because it's clearly clearly exclusive to rich people and all that. Mm-hmm. But so I don't know why he was able to solve it. And they weren't just like, yeah, that's where you, you can you, you get to ascend now. Yeah. And that's just interesting. But um, I was thinking like worst case scenario, if that wasn't for that particular guy that's at the end of the movie. He can just go stay in that bunker. Yeah. <laughs> if he needs food, he just crawls up the That's tunnel. That's probably what he would do. That's probably what he did. Yeah. There you go. That's He solved his problem. Um, well, I was thinking about, like, because Sam's mom is, like, calls, like, three times, is it? I think it's three. She calls at the beginning when he's mm-hmm. on the balcony. She calls when he's in the cemetery and he wakes up. I can't remember if she calls again. I don't know if there's a third time. But I was starting to think about, like, this guy and this character about, like, this mom situation. And, like, she clearly is, like, alone. Oh, yeah. There's no husband. There's no dad. Like, the dad's gone. I spent the first half of that movie wondering if she was real or not. I wondered. I guess. That's Well, that's a good point. I mean, obviously, she, well, is she, obviously, since he's watching the video? I mean, is that 
I in guess his that's... head. I mean, any of this could be in his head. Right. I was starting to kind of wonder about all the things he's getting into and the dreams he's having. And he's clearly kind of like an unstable character because he's beating up children. Right. Ripping people off toilets and beating them up in bathrooms. <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, acting insane. So I was just like wondering, I was like thinking of it the whole time. I was like, maybe he's just mentally ill and maybe she's in like a home. I mean, that that is also like a logical uh, like answer. Like I wondered if he was the dog killer for a lot of the movie. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. Like, I think he might. I kind of like, I, well, obviously if there's a cipher and you're going to figure it out, like I, you know, I mean, I guess the answer is out there somewhere, but I don't know. I kind of was thinking that he might be because it stops when he gets onto another. Right. He gets obsessed with something else. Yeah. Hard to say. Because you don't hear about it anymore after when he like, I don't think after he gets on the other subject. Not really. I mean, you see like. I mean, the the um, Seven's his daughter, I can't remember what her first name is, but like she mentions it when they're walking alone together. Um, At the very end of the movie, when he's walking past like a store or a restaurant or whatever it is, you can see in like the reverse is like beware of dog killer in the window. Mm-hmm. So there, there are like some references to it, but it definitely isn't the like the main like plot anymore there's like more ciphers and things too like when like there's like graffiti at one point during the movie on a wall yeah and that's like supposed to be like some kind of like code like a cipher yeah i mean when he's talking to his landlord there are like a bunch of papers and things on the wall behind him and i would not be surprised if there's something hidden there as well mm-hmm. well like oh god my favorite scene is in the whole in the whole movie is when he's um in the bathtub and he's getting the tomato bath after yeah. the skunk. And oh, he's and he goes his, off about that. That is the best. White thing. That's the best. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, you think it's crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, mm, a little. <laughs> like, I, um, I kind of wanted to see like, well, again, it was like that typical. It's just funny how the the car- like the caricatures in this movie, like, I mean, they are and they aren't because like she's like the struggling actress. What does he do? I can't remember. Did they say what he did? I think he basically gets to a point that he doesn't do anything, but I don't know what he did before. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I I feel like he's some. Okay, living in Hollywood, being, you know, I'm thinking probably some kind of like screenwriter. That's exactly what I was. It has to be like not a film because he doesn't act like a guy who wants to be a filmmaker. There's like more of like a screenwriter kind of vibe i felt like yeah and he's got like a nice apartment like relatively yeah it's well i mean yeah (laughs) yeah i mean it's big for sure he's not got anybody living in his living room (laughs) right and he's got it's like very well decorated it doesn't look like he's got like like a fold-up lawn chair or something in his living room like it's a nice like full place so i think screenwriter makes sense as somebody that's like made some money and we're living off that for a while and then he's gonna i guess hopefully make more but I mean, I don't know. He's got wealthy friends, too. So you'd think, like, at any point in the movie, he could have just asked somebody for some help. Yeah, it's not that easy. <laughs> well, I, I mean, he's like, I'm sure it's not. But he's associating himself with people that are, like, buying expensive drones and then looking. Into- yeah, Topher, the Topher Grace character. And then the other. Um, I like seeing, like, different Spider-Man alumni in there. Like, I mean, it's really just Andrew Garfield and, and him. Oh, that's right. I forgot. But there's one point in the him. movie where he, like, wakes up on his couch and there's an amazing Spider-Man comic. His hand literally sticks to it. It's after he beats the it. kids up. Yeah, it's right after. Yeah. Hand sticks to it. And then in the, like, following scenes, he's wearing red and blue. He's just wearing Spider-Man colors through a lot of the film. Time out for a delicious snack in our sparkling refreshment building. Every item a fresh, appetizing taste treat. This makes me think of, like, all the positives, negatives of L.A. And, like... 
all the scenes in the movie, and this is going to be that part where I'm like, hey, guys, I did some stuff in L.A. <laughs> God, you're so cool. Shut dude. up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. It's like, it's kind of, it's, I don't, I'm not trying to be like a douche, but it's just like true. It's like, I did, I was like, I think it was like 2015, I was uh, dating this girl, and like, she would take me to like all these like parties and like cool like after party things, because she was an actress, and so she would like take me to things that right. I needed to go to, which I loved. It was a lot of fun. And I went to like parties that were like in like speakeasies and like underground clubs and just yeah. It's um, it was one of my favorites. It was Good Times at Davy Wayne's, and it's like a speakeasy that's in it's off a of Sunset, but the entrance and I'm showing Cole a picture of it here. Oh, is it's it a, a fridge? It's a refrigerator. That's cool. I like and that you, a lot. And you open it and you go in. And it's like a 1970s vibe. So it's like you walk back in. It's kind of like um here in Atlanta, like Lloyd's. Yeah. Because it's got like that kind of like feel. 1970s mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then what's that other place that's in Atlanta? The uh, Red Beetle. Phone Booth? Or no. Red, I've never been there. What's that? Uh, so Red Phone Booth. I've never been, but uh, I don't know how much I should talk about it. It's, oh. uh, it's a, well, I don't know. I don't Is know it a sex club? Are. Well. Oh. No. no. It's, a, it's a speakeasy. <laughs> it's a swingers. It, but funny enough that you're showing like this. Yeah, swingers club. <laughs> Um, you know, the entrance is a phone booth where you have to like type in like a specific phone, a specific phone number, and then it'll, it'll open up and that's the entrance. I've heard of this. I've never been. I yeah. Wanna, I want to go to this. Uh, I want to see this. Also makes me think of, there's this other place and I'm having a hard time remembering what it's called, mm. but the, it's like a storefront of like a little bakery. And then I don't know if there's like, I don't think there's a code or anything to get in, but like these bookshelves will kind of go in and then there's this speakeasy behind like this full bar. It's like this very classy establishment behind like this little bakery. There was this one that um, my friend and I, we went to a, I, think, I can't remember, it was a comedy show. I forget who it was, but it was my roommate. He and I, we went we went to that, and then we went to this, he was telling me about this um, bar in downtown LA. And so we went in, and it's like a like, taxidermy and like all this weird, like, just old school stuff. And he's like, there's a speakeasy upstairs. Oh. And there's a glass like there's like these mirrors and like one of them you open That's and you cool. go and you walk up and it's like this like nautical themed cool little speakeasy that's just hidden behind. I love that kind of stuff. But that also fits into this kind of like this movie. That's right? why I, that's why I love this stuff. Like I love to go to these things because it's just like, yeah. And it's just like even like the rooftop. Like I went to, I used to go to um, with that girl. I would go to like the Ace Hotel, which is in down and they were like I would I saw like um Dr. Steve Brule. Um, oh, I yeah. saw a live thing there. Did oh, I ever tell cool. you about this? No. I yeah. love rules rules. Oh, my God. I went. Okay. So it was the season three premiere. Huh. And I got like it was just free. Oh, that's. And sick. John C. Riley was there as Steve Brule. And he went up and down the aisle. Like it was packed. But like they showed the, sh- the show. And like not a lot of people I know love that show. I love it. But um, to be in an audience packed out with people watching it, laughing together. Yeah. And Tim and Eric were there. They came out on stage and everything, and they had some of the other characters. That's pretty sweet. But, yeah, for him to come out on stage as Steve Brule and do the whole bit and, like, in front of you, it was pretty amazing. Damn. Yeah, a friend and I in high school would quote Steve Brule and Brule's rules all the time. Oh, my God. Like a cowboy boot. (laughs) (laughs) If you want. Smells like horse. (laughs) Get these dang eggs in here. Have you seen, like, the... I think I know what you're talking about. The egg episode yeah. where he eats eggs. He's like, I want all these dang eggs. He's like, I just got to take it down with some wine. And the woman's like, that's oil. And he's like drinking oil. Bum, 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 he's yeah. like, that's some slippery wine. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite. I think I got it all out. 
What the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> speakeasies. Oh yeah, speakeasies. Okay, but yeah, we'd, we'd like the Ace Hotel, so like all that kind of stuff. Like there's just really, look, there's just always going to be like interesting characters that are kind of obnoxious in all these places because there's always like, hey, film bras, brah. Brah, dude. Brah, dude. I mean, hey, come on, man. No, seriously, man. Like, come on, man. What'd you think of this movie, brah? Oh, pretty good. I can't even freaking focus, dude. The second picture on here says, best bathroom for sex in LA, bro. Oh, hell yeah, brother. I, that's all I'm worried about. This movie, I was just watching this movie thinking, oh, man, I could have sex here, I could have sex there. Nobody would know. Or would I want them to know, brah? Nah, dude, you want, oh. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know. You could have sex in the cemetery, brah. Damn, dude, you see all those freaking uh, cans, dude? They've been drinking out there, brah. Oh, they've been partying, brah. And they were drinking, like, what, Miller Lite, man? I think it was freaking Coors, man. No, Coors, brah. Coors, okay, listen, Brent. Okay, Coors, if you want to sponsor Film Bros, we would love for you to sponsor us. We want to do a world tour of Film Bros United, where we go to every city... Well, every major city that's on a coast, because we would need to be near the beach, right? Duh, dude. Nah. No, I said duh. Dude. Duh, yeah, brah. What? You don't understand me, bruh? No, I understand you, brah. So You're anyway. You're on the freaking core store, brother. Under the Silver Lake. I don't know. I think it was pretty good, but I think I'd rather watch some, like, uh, I don't know. Has Andrew Garfield ever blown anything up? I don't know, dude. You said under the Silver Lake. I can't stop thinking about silver bullets, bruh. <laughs> oh, man. Silver bullets flying like fucking... Freaking cores, brother. Cores, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. I didn't know if they were going to make an appearance, but uh, they did. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> just uh, you guys. All right. We'll see you next time. Yeah, man. Bro, come on. Oh, Let's go. dude. <laughs> I can't see down the stairway. <laughs> I think he just died. <laughs> no, they can't be dead. They have yeah, to come back. They're going to be weird. the most popular thing about this show. <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, like, I think, I just think it was, like, a good, like, I don't know, did you, were you into, like, weird, like, well, you talked about, we talked about that earlier about, like, conspiracy stuff, were you into kind of things like that, of, like, weird, like, I don't know, like, legends, like, myths, and... Not really, I don't think I was, um, necessarily exposed to a lot of that stuff early on in my life, um... I will say, like, there have been a few conspiracy theories that I've found very interesting. Like, the whole um, Paul McCartney is dead. Uh, no, I don't know about this one. Really? So, there was a whole documentary that I watched probably back in, like, 2010, 2011 that posed this this uh, kind of thought that Paul McCartney died in a car accident that he was actually in, like, in the 60s or, yeah, probably late 60s, and that he was replaced by a lookalike, and that the lookalike who had won this contest had never been revealed, and that he just replaced him. And uh, I think if you, like, look at the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, like, album cover and, like, flip some stuff, it says, like, Paul is dead. There's some, like, song, like, clips where you reverse stuff and it says it. It's, it's interesting. It's compelling. But it's honestly all oh, probably bullshit. My favorite thing was always growing up, and they talk about this in this movie, you know, is, like, the doing the record backward to hear Satan. Yeah. I mean, what a bunch of... <laughs> I mean, Damn, dude, I think that told me to sacrifice my mom, dude. <laughs> I think the devil, devil just came up and grabbed my ass. Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. Uh, dude, back, dude. Best, best bathrooms <laughs> for sex in LA, bro. Freaking Satan grabbed my freaking Jimmy, dude. What? <laughs> he should not have said that. <laughs> that guy should not have said that just now. That's weird. <laughs> Oh my god! No, so I've never, I never, I guess I think the Paul McCartney. I think one of my favorite ones is the um, Avril Lavigne. I love that one too. That one is so. And now, like uh, now, all those like the crazy fucking like QAnon people think that Putin isn't 
is like been replaced. I'm like, no, it's just Botox and the dude getting terrible surgery on his face. This is not quite in the same vein, but I saw a video earlier today that was this. It was this guy interviewing this woman at like um like a Republican rally or something. And I'm not shitting on anyone's political views here, but this woman was like, <laughs> like I guess she had said something about Joe Biden not being alive, and. That's a good she one. mentioned that he was just like played by a bunch of different Hollywood actors wearing masks like Jim Carrey and like all these people that have played him on SNL. Yeah. And it was just a very funny way for this to have been spun. A little scary that there are people that believe that. What's oh, that is scary because I mean, that is a re- that is very disturbing because it's I because, well, you know, I do like the, the Dawn in the Morning podcast where I do the spoof about Don. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump and everything. I have to see some weird stuff when I'm looking up, like, material for that. I'm sure. I can't believe that people believe some of the stuff that they're believing. They they think that, like, all these actors are portraying, like... I mean, it's kind of perfect that we talked about this movie, but they're talking about how these actors are portraying, like, all these, like, the the president. Yeah. What the fuck? I'm like, with masks. And I'm like, no. I've seen some pretty, like, good-looking, like, silicone masks and things. Like, people dress up as, like, an elderly man. It doesn't look that good. I don't think these people understand what happens when you age. <laughs> no, yeah, people get Botox and shit all the time. I mean, some people age and they look the same. Some people age and they look a lot different. Some right. people don't. Some people do. The, the I, Also, they, the cloning stuff and the lizard people, that's, like, a real thing. That's funny. The lizard people in L.A. was, like, a thing where that started was, like, that li- – like, that's why I was, like, going to talk about this under the silver, like, when they talk about Al's kiss – is that um, they think that there are lizard people that, like, built the subway system, and that's, like, a conspiracy theory. Interesting. I've, I've like, heard about lizard people for sure, but I've never looked into it because that just sounds like such horse shit. But... I, well, it's all horse shit. Yeah. But it's, I mean, like, like, it's that like, not one is even like, good horse shit. Exactly. Like... I, like we, good quality horse shit. I love good alien stories. I think those that's are, very fun. Those are fascinating because, like, I'm like, yeah, it could probably be some kind of, like, government mind control thing. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, no, it's some kind of experiment. I mean, some of these people who have had these these things happen to them, like uh, one you got to listen to, one you've got to look up is uh, Devil's Den, and it's in Arkansas. Hmm. Devil's Den. This guy was. Abdu- it's very weird. <laughs> it's strange. It left me going. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, and I've also always loved the Mothman story. I think Mothman's just, just cool. Oh, it's just great. It's such a good like. We're going to have to do that movie at some point, Mothman Prophecies. I mean, have you seen it? No, but I'd love oh, to. Oh, we're doing it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Richard Gere. And um, I've met the screenwriter, um, uh, Richard Haddam. He, he's on the show that um, I met the guys. They did a big live thing in L.A. At, um, I think you mentioned this. Yeah. Yeah. They did. a, um, And I love this. So anybody who's listening to this, if you like Under the Silver Lake and weird like conspiracy stuff, go listen to Astonishing Legends with Scott Philbrook and Forrest Burgess. It's a great show. Love it. I listen to it all the time. It's great. They do so many awesome episodes about weird stuff like this. But yeah, I met him there and he was just super nice guy. And like they were just they were fantastic and like such cool dudes. But like we got to do that show because nobody ever talks about that movie. I've never heard of it and beyond you talking about it. Oh, it's really good. It's really, really good. And it's just it's it's a horror movie. But I mean, it's more of a thriller, but it's um, psychological and it's atmospheric. And I like the mood that it sets. Okay. So that kind of stuff. I don't like. Yeah, we'll just we'll we'll watch it. And it's I think it's kind of hard to get a hold of. So I think we're going to have to like we'll, we'll figure it out. It's like fifteen ninety nine on or thirty dollars on Amazon. Damn it. We'll how did you it. how did you watch Silver Lake? How'd I almost know? paid like 15 bucks to watch it on Amazon, but it was on Hulu. It was on Hulu. Yeah. 
No. Did you pay for it today? No. Okay. I did the Showtime trial. Oh, hell yeah. No, it was just, oh, I might still have a Showtime subscription that's on Hulu. Why you, probably that's why. why you've, yeah. You're actually paying for Showtime and you didn't know it. Well, I didn't know it, but I had canceled it. But I might still be in that window where I still have access. I, when I, yeah, I had, I did, <laughs> I did it through Apple when, um, Apple TV. I did it there when I watched. What happened was I got Showtime for the Dexter revival, yeah. which was kind of sort of start started out good, and then I was like, okay, oh damn. I, I love Michael C. Hall. He's great as the as the, as the character. I th- always thought he did a great job as the, in the performance, and it looked the show looked amazing. It just didn't go where I kind of wanted it to go and yeah and i think that's kind of hard to bring something back after so long and then not have not for for not to be polarizing whether people are going to be disappointed or really impressed i was i was satisfied for the most part with it because it had to go in the direction it did but i kind of wanted more like i mean it just kind of ends up that he's living in a town that's a really small town that happens to have a serial killer i'm like "Mm, that's a little on the nose yeah, I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's, I mean, but, but I mean, what are you going to do? Just have him be in a town that nothing's going on? I mean, you can't do that either. Yeah, then the show just doesn't have any, uh, right. any feet to walk so on. So I was like, okay with him. it for that. But, but yeah, Under the Silver Lake was on there and I'd been wanting to watch it for a while. And I was like, all right, just going to, just going to do it. But Showtime's got some pretty good stuff on the little list I was seeing today. Yeah, I mean, I got it for a reason that I can't remember now. <laughs> But I was paying for like, yeah, God knows how much per month to have that added onto Hulu. And I was playing for paying for like stars, too. And I was like, I got to cancel. All Holy. This. Nobody watches stars. What is on stars? I think it had. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there are a handful of things. I got it to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that was great. But did you uh, like that movie. Yeah, I really liked it. I love that movie. I thought it was great. Again, weird cults that like weird Hollywood stuff. Like yeah. We, very, yeah. Very Hollywood centric film. Like. Yeah, cults. That's central plot line. See, I just I, I don't know. Like my thing with Hollywood and L. Well, Hollywood. Hollywood's not like a place. It's like <laughs> right. It's a everybody. I'm going to Hollywood. It's not called Hollywood. It's not called Hollywood. It's L. A. Um, when I, I went out the first time was right out of like high school. My sister was already living there, and I got to visit. And I think it was just because of I think growing up watching Back to the Future and like E. T. Just made me and like most movies were shot there, yeah, back then, and especially in the 80s, right? Like all these all like those, film sets and things, like I mean, shit, Ferris Bueller's house is there, like, there's just so much stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that it just made me want to, I don't know, it just felt like home, and I, I've never, I love it, I love it, and I, and this movie made me so homesick in a lot of ways for yeah. it. Okay, so now that I've talked about being homesick for L.A., I'm going to leave. Um, I'll see you later, and you can just run the podcast now. <laughs> oh, sick. You got some cool stuff here, man. <laughs> um, what did you – so overall – okay, because like, earlier you did say that you wouldn't, like, rewatch for entertainment value. Yeah, I mean, I think I got as much out of it as I would for the story's sake. However, that is a complicated, like, answer in itself because there's so much to it. Like, there are so many layers – that are, I think, kind of hidden details and other things that I would like to um, um, dig up, essentially, for the lack of a better word. And so I think that really gives it a, a rewatchable or I'm fucking I sound like an idiot right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, no, I'm leaving this in because oh I need my God. I want everybody to know what an idiot you are and that I'm the smart one here. Damn it. I know the truth. <laughs> No, it's not true. No, nah, I don't know why I got so caught up over my words. Oh, it's okay. I mean, who cares? This is just us talking. So nobody, I mean, if people are still listening, then uh, they're 
awesome and they should send us money through patreon jesus christ it's not even up yet it might be up by this episode i don't know it might be but um yeah i think you'll get the full story the story is relatively clear as long as you're paying attention but there are so many hidden details and other things that might be worth looking into i will say there are things like the dog killer that are left unanswered and if i can find some answers for that within a rewatch of the movie that gives it value yeah i think there's a lot of like replayability in that sense and there's a lot of hidden details that might be worth watching. I also think this would be a really fun movie to watch with someone else that hasn't seen it. And that gives me another reason to watch it. This would be a fun, this, okay, this really would be something fun that if down the road we were able to host something, this would be a fun movie to watch with a crowd. Absolutely. And talk about afterward with them. Right. This is that kind of like, I don't know, it's because it's what, two hours, 17 minutes, I think. I think. It's, yeah, it's like it's definitely over two. It's probably around like two twenty or so. Is it? I don't. I don't think it's that long. I mean, I mean two seventeen is three minutes shorter. But I know, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're probably right. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's only two two hours and seven minutes. I can't remember, but I really, I would. This is something I'd love to see at something like the plaza. Oh yeah, I would love to see this on the big screen. Yeah. Just there's the some anamorphic movie. lenses that they used for the whole thing. I mean, Panavision, I think it was shot on Panavision, but it looks, the movie looks great. Um, you know, this is the one thing is like, for me, I'll tell you what it did make me want to rewatch. And I, I really like this movie and I've seen it a few times, but Mulholland Drive. Have you ever seen Mulholland Drive? That is by the same guy that did, uh, what the fuck is that series called? It's uh, Twin Peaks. Am I correct? David Lynch. David yeah. Lynch. Yes. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, dude, it's hot up here. My brain yeah, is melting. Your brain is fried. I had to take my yeah, hat off. So I'm the genius, by the way. If you're wondering why maybe our brains are frazzled during this episode, I'm the genius who decided that in my attic space, which is a finished attic. It's very nice it, up here. Yeah. In Atlanta, the sun beats down and it's not even May and it is hotter than the devil's asshole up here. And it is so intense and i can't have the fans on while we're recording so it's just it's pretty warm we're suffering <laughs> to bring you a podcast i'm sweating i have like i'm drenched in just just sweat it's true yeah <laughs> it smells up here now too like it's awful it's just sweat and just but you're from florida you you you're fine yeah but i don't sweat i'm like a dog i just get a, i'll get all the heat out through my mouth by speaking a lot but you didn't like grow up in florida no i was there from like two until oh. uh two until 21 holy shit okay yeah. you're like not like a like a florida guy kind of you know no nah, i mean i grew you're up not in... like <laughs> riding alligators and like oh, I wish doing meth and no, fighting I, everyone <laughs> i spent the first 10 years in like saint augustine uh, which is like a beach town, but not like southern beach town. And then I spent the next ten years inside. So, oh okay, I got video games to play. Yeah, not well, that. too hot to go outside. Yeah, it's just too damn hot. Yeah, it's just too hot. It's so humid. How how often can you go outside in Florida? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what? It's a legit question. I mean, you you think how often is it bearable there? Yeah, I was gonna say because you can go out most of the time. Yeah, I know you want. can go out even during COVID. They're like, go out, have fun, get COVID. Who cares? Right, yeah. party. Oh well, that's actually like sun's out, guns out. Hell yeah, brother. Um, did you go to Florida during COVID? Maybe one time, probably for the holidays, but that's it. Yeah, uh, and that was really towards the end. I mean, it would have been like Thanksgiving, Christmas. Yeah, they weren't in lockdown. No. Like, I remember going there and there were, like, no no masks or anything like that. And, like, it's crazy. But, 
Yeah, I uh, it was hot a lot in the summer, obviously, and like pretty miserable. I don't miss it. I don't miss the the summer heat there, and it gets hot and humid here too, but it's not quite as bad. Yeah, I mean, I can. It's just I can imagine how much worse it would be down there right now. Yeah, I'm just thinking about it, and I hate it. I'm I'm thinking about it, and I'm like getting like just my head's exploding. Like I'm just like, oh god, I don't understand how people can drink as much as they do down there. In the dehydrated, you get hotter. Like with the, I I can't understand. Like in hot climates, why people are like, yeah, give me a. I'm like, I understand in like a cold area. Like if I were in like Switzerland or something, I'd be like, yeah, probably just be a full time alcoholic if I were to live there. But yeah, I think that's also really bad for you though. Like, yeah, it's definitely really bad <laughs> I mean, okay, for you. Well, alcohol generally is bad for you. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure it gives you like this false sense of warmth. Yeah, you can be. You're like, I'm outside. I'm fine. I've hypothermia. In the, I don't. In know. the cold, I'm outside. In the cold, I'm fine. I'm drinking my... I don't know. No. I was going to ask no. Norwegian that's No, of. don't know. <laughs> He's like a Norwegian dude. I, I am in the cold. <laughs> but that's not... No, I don't know what that is. I am in the cold. I was born in it. Born I was born in it. it. Molded by it. I didn't see the whiskey until I was no lady a man. It's for the best. I what is... Drinking is very bad. Yeah. I got I to gotta pick the next one, don't I? Yeah. So we were talking a little bit about doing a Reddit and a... What was the other? Uh, Discord server. Okay. Okay, so we're going to look into starting that up soon. And Thanks, Jen. Does it give Jen a shout-out? She's oh, okay. not mentioned it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a fellow uh, improviser. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mentioned that to Cole that we should do that. So we're going to do that. And then until we do that, what should our next – I'm pick. I'm going to – well, I don't know if I should even pick. I mean, like, what, what are you feeling? Okay, so we have decided on a movie. And all right, Cole, do you want to say what it's going to be? Oh, yeah, it's going to be uh, Robert Rodriguez's The Faculty from 1998. You don't have to say it like that. Nobody knows it's Robert Rodriguez. Because, like, I told you it was Robert Rodriguez. I know. Yeah, I and had, you were like, I don't know who directed this. I had to use the information you just gave it's me. It's Josh Hartnett. And Josh Hartnett is making, like, a come. I guess he's, like, going to start doing more stuff. And he's really interesting. And he's, I really like Josh Hartnett. So I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid. Yeah, I was probably, like, 15 the last time I saw it. I was probably, no, I probably would have been, like, oh, my God like 13 or 12 when yeah. I saw it last. Yeah. And I like this because it fits into the theme of kind of what we've been doing, like conspiracy stuff, because it's like almost like invasion of the body snatchers, which is in silver Lake. Which is referenced. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so that's good. Yeah. It's a perfect, uh, that's a perfect uh, movie. And but, I also like the idea of us watching a movie that probably isn't that great. It yeah. might be good. I don't know. John Stewart's in it. He is. He's a teacher. Yeah. Yeah, he could close. Uh, well, we'll get into it. I can't. I, I, I'm threatening. There's certain things that I I haven't. OK, so really quick, I have been wanting to watch this for a, like a while. And I just was like, I don't know if I'm going to. I don't know if I want to just because I've never seen it in the way it's supposed to look. I, I had a VHS copy, so I've never seen it look like oh, it's supposed damn. to look. Yeah, I think I saw it in like early Netflix or something along that, those lines. I might have watched it on like YouTube or something. It's like an upload. Oh, shit. Yeah. Piracy. Uh, <laughs> well, you are from Florida. Yeah, dude. It's so we grew up with so much pirate history. I had it. You know. All right. Uh, good. All right. The faculty. Yeah. So look forward to that. That'll be the next podcast topic. So go watch it because we're going to ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. Tear it apart. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>